0: What is up, everybody, and welcome into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. With a lot more content coming your way, make sure that you check out adcsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, remember that Primetime is brought to you by our friends over at FreemanMazda.net. We will talk more about them on the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. But before we do all of that, uh, there, uh, Aaron Rodgers had a pretty cool interview, I believe with the athletic and you can see the, the, the full answers for Aaron Rodgers over at their website, but he was asked about what he learned from Mike McCarthy, especially when he first started working with him when mccarthy arrived to green bay after having a stay with the san francisco 49ers and kind of maybe learning the west coast and all of that we know that mccarthy has always been a west coast kind of coach and it's super fitting that of course he worked in san francisco before heading to green bay and then working with that offense with uh of course aaron rodgers eventually right even if it wasn't Right away with him. But I, I wanted to ask you uh, to start this conversation off before we get into the Aaron Rodgers quote. What's one word that you would use to describe Mike McCarthy? What is the one word that you would use to describe Cowboys head coach Mike McCarthy? He didn't learn what humanized means, this toxic Tom. There you go. <laughs> How's it going? Uh, shout out to joey Thank you for joining the show. What's one word? That you would use to describe Mike McCarthy, toxic. Tom, I'm not. I'm not gonna read that one. Uh, Joey Bellas is legend. Oh, well, there is a street named after him <laughs> over there in Green Bay. Bruce is greedy. I like that one. Francisco cheated a little bit here. He said three words, but I, I will take it. He says cool, calm, and collected. I don't mind those either. Maybe someone will say champion. Maybe someone will say uh, winner because he has had a winning head coaching career in the NFL. Goofy says, Bruce, uh, uh, says, uh, Tommy, excuse me. You know what, Tommy? I'm not going to lie. I think that we don't give him enough credit for, for how low key funny he is in those press conference. Every time that I tune into the, the McCarthy presser, he gets multiple chuckles out of me because he, he, he can be funny, man. Uh, but I would use detail. I would use detail Kathy goes with steady. I also like that one. I would go with detail. And here's where we get into Aaron Rodgers comments on Mike McCarthy and how they highlight one of his biggest strengths, in my opinion, the biggest strength. I'm going to read you the full quote. He talks about the quarterback school, the quarterback school that is so famous for Mike McCarthy, the one with which he develops quarterbacks and the one with which he installs the offense for his signal callers. Here is a full quote. You can check out the entire interview over at The Athletic. He says, and Roger said, but I remember about the quarterback's school mostly. We spent so much time together those first couple off-seasons. Brett Favre wasn't a part of the offseason program a whole lot, so I got a lot of time with Tom Clements and Joe Philbin and McCarthy in those years. And just remember, it was a lot of ball a lot of talking through the offense and defensive identification, everything started at the beginning. Setting the huddle to here's the formations, to here's all the motions, here's all the backfield alignments, here's the adjustment alignments for the F and for the E and for the U tight end, and here's all the basic concepts, and here's the defense. Here's what a 30 front is, what a 40 front is, a 50 front, a 3-7-9 adjustment, Five backward adjustment. Here's all the different coverages, and here's the pre- the pressures. It was a crash course. Not even a crash course. It was a snail's pace in football. And I'm forever grateful for those moments, those years of really getting to study as a backup and learn football, and then to practice the drop, the reach, the punch, the reach, the crossover, the heel toe, the four five, how it all kind of worked together. And I was able to hone my fundamentals during those early years and get a lot better during those off seasons. After reading that quote, ladies and gentlemen here on Prime Time, I had to go into my Twitter bookmarks because I had a tweet from 2021 saved somewhere in there, or maybe it was in 2020 actually, but I knew that I had that tweet saved somewhere and I couldn't forget A tweet that said, say what you want about Mike McCarthy, but the guy will not overlook any single detail in his presentations. And he tweeted out a diagram from one of of the plays of his offense. And even though usually you get a lot of, you know, coaching points in those kind of diagrams, when you look at NFL playbooks, when they have been released or leaked to social media you see that there is a lot of detail going on, but I don't think that I've ever seen one as detailed as Mike McCarthy's. And here's a picture. This is the picture that was tweeted out by Honest NFL at least a year ago. Look at the detail behind every single player. Look at the C receiver over to the right side, right? Go locked route, whatever happens, uh, get deep fast, step on his toes and the cornerback toes, then MOR. A lot of playbooks will just say M-O-R, M-O-R instead of must outside release. But that means that uh, you will definitely break or release outside in order to get his, the cornerback to turn towards you, right? If he's in man coverage and kind of ignore whatever is going on uh, on the other side of the field. So in this case, the series receiver would release outside, would outside release, he would get the cornerback's attention to him and that opens up the tight end, the Y in there uh, and his respective big route. And there is no cornerback there, right? But but look at the, uh, I love how much detail there is in this one. Sell the gold, turn cornerback's hips over at the left side at the, uh, with the X receiver. Look at everything that is listed for the fullback, check wheel, cross key, scan number four. That's all pass protection stuff. And then the, the alert route that he could get pre-snap probably, which would be a snatch route, kind of a bubble route there, right? Uh, there's a lot of things, man. Uh, there's a lot of things in this, in this, uh, play diagram. And some people might assume that every NFL playbook is like this. It's not, I promise you it's not. And it's, it's, it's all, it's super impressive to see, uh, Mike McCarthy and the amount of detail that he has in his presentations. Uh, Maybe some people will say that it's overwhelming. I don't think that it necessarily is. I think that, uh, after all, the guys learning the the, the plays need to understand the philosophy behind every play and what they're doing from a conceptual standpoint, right? I think that goes a long way in running an efficient offense. So I know that we hate a lot of what Aaron Rodgers does and says, and I know that as Cowboys fans, there's some... You know, hard uh, feelings in there because of what has happened in the past. but I still think that it was a pretty cool answer from Aaron Rodgers in kind of a behind the scenes look as to how, how how basic the quarterback school can be at first for Mike McCarthy before putting it all, putting it all together for it to work on. Sundays. I thought that was pretty cool. I thought that it, it, it was quite a behind-the-scenes look on his answer. were. So uh, I will give some respect to Aaron Rodgers. Toxic Tom says, Aaron Rodgers said this? It seems too kind. Not only that, uh, but I'm telling you, that was an impressive interview. There were some very friendly quotes in there. I thought this one was super interesting. I was not going to mention this, uh, but uh, to follow up on Toxic's comment here, he even was talking about the how it ended for them in Green Bay, their relationship. And he even was talking about those in decision-making positions. And he said, transcendent, transcendent coaches and players can last longer than presidents and general managers at times. And so you get in situations from time to time where you might think if it's not going as well, you think it should be going. The positions of power Excuse me, I will read that again to be a little bit more clear. And so you get in situations from time to time where you might think if it's not going as well as you think it should be going uh, in the positions of power, then there's changes that can get made because then that person, the one in charge, has a chance to put their person into place. And, And Roger says, that's definitely what happened with Mike. And a couple of years later, obviously, they drafted my replacement, Jordan Love. Not uh, uh, hey, Mo did Rogers get drug tested after saying the quote, I don't know if he did. I will just say that Prince for far eye he has he has a point here. Prince says he drank the ayahuasca again. He does mention the journeys that he has made with Aja in his life So maybe there's uh, maybe it's about that. Maybe maybe he really has this whole stoic kind of vibe going on. Uh, with the treats as he called as he calls them in the interview. so I was surprised at it, and I, I didn't know what to expect at first. Maybe I opened up the interview expecting to see some gossip kind of stuff, but I was pleasantly surprised by the answers, and I thought that it would be super cool to get into the McCarthy conversation here because the Cowboys, I believe, have exceeded expectations, especially over those weeks that they have not had, uh, that they did not have. Dak Prescott, of course, we're going to get into what really matters, November football, December football, and we'll see how the Cowboys do in the playoffs when the time comes. But uh, McCarthy and the Cowboys having a winning record on that Cooper Rush stretch is definitely something that you need to applaud to the coaching staff. And I thought that it was a cool opportunity to highlight one of the biggest trends for the Cowboys head coach, the guy that they hope leads them to a Super Bowl at some point. Jack says, everyone get those likes up. Everybody says, Jack, Jack, I appreciate you, man. Uh, yes, if you are watching the show and you're enjoying the content, do me that favor, man. Uh, hit the like button, uh, share the stream. Every thumbs up puts this show in front of more and more Cowboys fans. Joe is watching from Italy. What is up, uh, Joe? Thank you for tuning in. But anyways, uh, that that was what I wanted to mention for About Mike McCarthy, but let's let's keep talking a little bit here about Aaron Rodgers. I think that Cowboys fans and everybody, honestly, in the NFL, does not know what to make out of the Packers right now, because because we did not expect them to be three and six. We did not expect them to drop five consecutive games. And then you look at some of the stats, and it's weird figuring them out. You saw the Green Bay Packers lose to the Detroit Lions just last Sunday. And then you had this moment in which it seemed as if Aaron Rodgers would come back like Tom Brady did later against the LA Rams. Aaron Rodgers had the ball a little bit uh, around one minute left in the clock. And then instead of seeing him drive down the field, pull off a classic Aaron Rodgers comeback, maybe trigger some flashback memories for Cowboys fans in the process, instead of all that, he threw four straight incompletions and the game was over and the Lions won the game. And yet you see the week-to-week performances from Green Bay and you see the stats and there are some, of, some categories in which they rank as a top-tier unit. But then there are some in which uh, they are bad, just straight up bad. And I was listening to the Athletic Football Show with Nate Ties and Robert Mays. They do a tremendous job covering the NFL with some X's and O's analysis. And I really like the way that they explained, specifically Nate Ties, the way that he explained the Packers offense. And I dove into the numbers to try to confirm some of the narratives to try to understand what's going on with the Packers. And here's more or less what I found. We will go with the notebook here really quickly. Because when you look at what Aaron Rodgers has done, you will see that he is number three in the NFL in big throw percentage, big time throw percentage that's measured by pro football focus. And he is only 34th in the league in turnover-worthy plays. So who really is Aaron Rodgers. And then you look at the offense, it is an 11, it is the 11th best unit in success rate, but they're 22nd in EPA per play. They're number two in the NFL in success rate when running the football, but they're 16th in EPA per play when running the football. So what is going on? I don't understand the Packers. And here's more or less what The conclusion seems to be to me. And you can find that when looking at how the Packers are throwing the football. The Packers throw behind the line of scrimmage in 23% of the place. That is the second highest mark in the NFL. Only behind none other than the man, the myth, the legend, Carolina Panthers quarterback P.J. Walker. 23% of the time, he throws behind the line of scrimmage. How crazy is that? That's like one out of four plays. One out of four plays, UC Green Bay pass the football behind the line of scrimmage. Pass plays, of course, uh, specifically, because that percentage is taken out of the pass attempts that the Packers uh, run. Then you go into the short Routes, the, the short throws, you know, zero to five yards. He's 32nd in the NFL at 14%. Intermediate, he's 40th. And the qualifying quarterbacks with the minimum pass attempts to qualify for these numbers are 40. So Aaron Rodgers was literally at the bottom of the league behind Bailey Sappy, behind Taylor Heineke, behind Carson Wentz on. Passes thrown in the intermediate zone. And then deep throws seventh most in the NFL. So in other words, in other words, it is more likely that you see, it is more likely for you to see Aaron Rodgers take a shot down the field than you are to see Aaron Rodgers throw an intermediate throw. That's how crazy the numbers get. And that is because maybe the Packers are trying to – they're trying to involve a lot of quick game elements to to their football. A lot of screen passes, RPOs, just getting rid of the football quickly and trying to get yards after the catch. But they're not getting them. And that's what impresses me the most. And since they don't have a top-tier wide receiver, their two running backs lead the the team in touches – Number three in, in, in the Packers, I believe, is it's still Robert Tonian. He was at least one or two weeks ago. They don't have a wide receiver in the top three uh, of touches on their, uh, on their offense this year so far. And while quick game is good in the NFL, it's also more or less a replacement for the running game. And when you run the football and pair that with quick game in the passing attack, you're kind of doing the same. You're not really keeping the defense honest, attacking the entirety of the field. So right now, what it is for the Packers, I think it's a lot. It's essentially they don't have a legit passing attack. Sure, they throw the football, but it's more running game than it is passing game, if that makes sense. Because it's quick game, what they're doing. They're throwing behind the line of scrimmage. Toxic Thompson. I always think of Chip Kelly when I hear quick game. Here's, I I don't know exactly how how Chip Kelly would describe it. Here's what I mean with quick game. Because I don't mean tempo, I don't mean all of that. I mean, maybe a hot route, maybe a quick flat route. You know, anything that doesn't require a three-step drop back, a five-step drop back. Everything that is like, First read, boom, get rid of the ball. That's what I mean with quick game for the most part. But once more, that is that is an element that your passing game should have. But the Packers seem to be super all-in. Super all-in. And that kind of takes them away from having a legit passing game because it's more than anything a second version of their running game. And that's why Aaron Jones... And A.J. Dillon seem to be the only ones that get the football. And by the way, Aaron Jones will be a guy to monitor uh, tomorrow when the injury reports come out. And then, of course, on the defensive side of things, there are also some issues that we will talk about later in the week. Billy Renfro mentions the Rashan Gary injury, that it could be devastating for the Packers, and I agree. Gary was turning out to be a pretty, pretty solid edge rusher. One of the best in the NFL this season. Let's see. Uh, welcome, everyone, into the show, by the way. For those of you who are just joining us, do me a favor and hit the like button. Prince says Parsons is going to retire Rodgers. You know what I think, though? You know what I think? The Cowboys need to be on their game when tackling. Because one of the reasons why the Packers have not been able to look as efficient as they want to look is that they're not getting those yards after the catch. And if they start getting them, maybe and getting those explosive plays and those big gainers, maybe that's where you start to see some some struggles on Sunday. The my my biggest concern about facing Green Bay is that I I still have hope uh, from an objective point of view, not a hope as in that's what I want. I still would hold out some hope that the Packers will get a week in which it will click for them. They will take one thing away from their offense and maybe they will add another two and then it will click. And then it will be that simplified version of the offense that Aaron Rodgers has been asking Matt LaFleur for. But until we don't see that actually happening, it's impossible for me to believe that they will have a solid day offensively because they don't have the personnel to make up for those issues that they have going right now with the absence of Devante Adams, and yes, it's Week Nine, but it's still pretty evident that they are missing Devante Adams because when he was on the field, you could run the quick game and he could deal damage uh, after the catch, and he could threaten you with the with the deep routes and all of that. It's going to be a big game for the Ron Blant, by the way, and I want to I want to dive into the Darren Bland conversation, maybe tomorrow night or on Thursday. We'll see. But I think that he will be big for this game. Bruce says, Mo, basically you're saying they miss Adams. Yes, but also I'm saying they, they really they really don't have a replacement. And you don't replace Devante Adams, but you do need a number one guy. And the Packers do not have that. And I'm not sure that they have number twos, as many people would say. I, I think that maybe they don't even have that many number twos. Maybe, they, maybe it's one number two and a bunch of number threes on that offense. And, and that's bad. That is really, really bad. Do you think we'll get OBJ, man? Says David. Uh, Tarion says, what about Odell? Let's get into the Odell Beckham conversation. Because here's my question from me to you. Here it is. Has your mind changed? Over the past few days, and we talked about OBJ on Sunday when it was reported that the Cowboys would be interested in the free agent wide receiver. Since then, since listening to Mike McCarthy in the press conference, since listening to Jerry Jones saying that he would look amazing wearing the star and strong compliments, by the way, from Mike McCarthy. Has Has your mind changed at all over the last couple of days? Let me know in the chat. I will give you my answer as well. And while you do that, and before I give you my official answer though, let me talk to you about our friends over at FreemanMazda.net because the ride of the week is a new 2023 5 2.5 turbo all-wheel drive. Hear me out. This one starts at $38,125. It's got all-wheel drive, auto climate control, Wi-Fi hotspot, which is a game-changing feature. Adaptive cruise control. And, of course, a miles per gallon capacity of 22 when you are in the city. That goes up to 27 when you are in the highway. Make sure you check this vehicle out over at freemanmazda.net. You can check out the pictures outside and inside of the vehicle. And then, of course, family-owned business for over 65 years here. Check out Freeman Mazda and remember that when you choose Freeman Mazda, you're choosing a lifelong partnership with your car dealer. That is the ride of the week. Let me see some of your answers here regarding OBJ. No, says David. Absolutely, yes. Says Six to Midnight. Toxic Thumb says no. Don't buy snake oil from known liars. Ooh, interesting. Strong statement. Strong statement. Uh, his injuries are concerning says Prince no says Bruce send it pass an OBJ says Kevin Knight no for Gregory if it was going to happen it would have happened this team talks way too much just shut up and do it says Toxic Tom, regarding the potential OBJ signing maybe Francisco says no it has not changed but OBJ is a big impact player and the respect that everyone has for him makes a big difference on the field Imagine C.D., Gallup, and O.B.J., someone will be wide open. And we we went into the details of it on Sunday night, but I will tell you what. I am I'm starting to buy that the Cowboys are legitimate candidates to land O.B.J. I know, I know, here I go again, uh, maybe buying into what they're selling. However, I think it makes some sort of sense. And I don't think... I don't think that he is that big-time free agent that the Cowboys shy away from. One-year deal, check. That's something that the Cowboys look for. Discount, check, because probably OBJ is at a constant discount because of the fact that he has played uh, on short-term deals for, for, for his teams. Well, you know, with the LA Rams, we know that Everything that happened was a little bit uh, specific, but we've always known that OBJ is going was going to sign a one-year deal in 2022 is my point. That's what I was trying to say. And then on top of that, a little bit controversial and maybe controversial enough for you to get him at a discount. So I think that he kind of fits what the Cowboys usually look for. That's number one. Number two, and I talked about this on Sunday night, I do believe that he would make a huge impact on offense. It would allow the Cowboys to run more 11 personnel. It would allow CeeDee Lamb to be open more consistently. The same with Michael Gallup. You would also have some depth because the Cowboys are, I hate to say it, but one injury away at wideout for the for the offense to look exactly like it did in week one versus the Tampa Bay Bucs, right? When everyone was just condensing over C D Lamp and you saw three years versus C D, pretty much every play I think that OBJ would make a lot of sense it would probably take about 5 to 6 million dollars to land him and play the playoffs with him as well and then on top of all of this Mike McCarthy and Jerry Jones did not go with your usual we like our guys in the press conference and in the radio show, Mike McCarthy was saying, oh, I've heard excellent, excellent things about OBJ. He even cited some of the people that have worked with Odell Beckham. And he cited the fact that he uh, had firsthand knowledge on what kind of a dude OBJ is. And you see the social media and you see Michael Parsons tweeting about it. And that's one of the big things. A lot of people say that OBJ is a diva, that he is a guy that will hurt your locker room I think I think that's some BS. I think that we've seen that be. They have proven that to be true over the last couple of years. Maybe when OBJ exited the Browns, he seemed to have the support of the Browns players instead of Baker Mayfield. And then he got to the Rams by being recruited by the players. And now Von Miller is intensely trying to get him to Buffalo. Uh, You you saw the Michael Parsons tweet from today. He tweeted out that uh, OBJ, let's do this. Let's get you on the Cowboys. And then OBJ replied that his family is in Dallas. So that's a big part of the equation too. I just think that it does make sense. OBJ does make sense in my opinion. And I think that the Cowboys will be legit competitors to sign them, to sign the guy. I was a little bit surprised at seeing some odds that were published by bookies.com and they had the cowboys as a favorite to land obj now these are these are projections only these are not actual betting options for you but uh these are more than anything like uh projections slash you know uh, publicity stuff however the guy making the odds is a guy with a lot of credibility. Yeah, It's a guy that has been doing this for a long time. That's Adam Thompson. He's a known handicapper. So uh, it's not like they're just making up stuff. And he had the Cowboys as the favorites. And then the Packers at number two. And that was pretty surprising. I know that they need a wideout. But at three and six, are they even making the playoffs? Now, they could still turn things around. But it would be a huge surprise to see OBJ signing with a losing record team and then you get the Giants in there and then the and then I thought that it, I think it was the Rams and surprisingly the Bills and the Chiefs were super low on the list 6th and 7th respectively and I would have made them my top two teams to land OBJ I think those are the 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 two favorites but I think that OBJ I think that there is a shot that the Cowboys that the Cowboys end up uh landing OBJ Team says, OBJ talk is crazy. Goodbye. Not even on the team. Talk, talk, talk. Man, the guy is the best free agent out there. And if the Cowboys are reportedly interested, I will talk about it for sure. 100%. I understand if some people don't like it, though. I cannot do anything about that. Ryan says, hi, bro. What's your rankings for the Wisconsin Badgers? Well, wait. Ryan... Ryan, thank you for joining the show. Do me a favor and hit the the like button and thank you for the comment and the donation. Your rankings for the Wisconsin Badgers. Man, that's a tough one. Let me see here really quickly though. Because honestly, I have not followed the Badgers really closely. I would I would need to I would need to get back to you though on that one. Where are them in the rankings though? The Wisconsin Badgers, that is a random question, Ryan. I don't know if I'm qualified to answer it. I appreciate the the comment and the donation though. <laughs> Let me see if I can find something real quick here. I, I was not expecting that a question though. Four should be TCU, but it will probably be Tennessee. So six to midnight. I don't know if, Ryan, if you mean it like in a in a, in a top four kind of question. Right now they're three and three. I don't even know if they would be ranked. No, they're five and four overall. Three and three in the conference. <laughs> Keep talking about it, says David. That's pretty much all I had to say in the OBJ conversation. Uh, TCU will be fourth, says Francisco. Hey, they could be. They have been pretty impressive. I hate that. The the volunteers lost to Georgia. I do think they will be four. Clemson is no is no longer four. I know that's six to midnight. Damn it, six! You know that those are my guys. Clemson is my college football team. I I that was a tough loss on Saturday. <laughs> Anyways, ladies and gentlemen, let's move on here before we get out of here. What is your one cool thing of the week? For those of you who are new to the show, this is a, a our feel good segment. What is your one cool thing of the week before we get out of here on this Tuesday night? It can be something personal, something professional, sports-related, non-sports-related, whatever you want it to be. Let me know. Because I'm not going to lie. My one cool thing is that there's UFC 281 this weekend. I want to see some... Big-time fights on Saturday night. Israel Adesanya defending the middleweight title once more. Hopefully, this time it is not a decision when the fight is over. Carlos Farsa as well defending the... Oh! Is it a three-day weekend this time around? Six to Midnight says, I got a new car. There you go, Six. Congratulations on that. Bruce says, three day weekend. Toxic Tom says, I should be COVID free, God willing, by Friday. There you go. Francisco says, cool thing of the week is that SICK is trending up towards this Sunday. Yes, sir. SICK getting back is huge. And I know Pollard has been amazing on all of that, but you want that one two punch combo. Joey Bella says, Mauricio, I switched brands on my tools for my business, and it's great flex shout out to joey congratulations on that Uh, it does happen when you get something new for your work and then you're extra motivated to work that always feels amazing i'm glad that you feel better toxic tom by the way there you go some of the one cool things of the week uh my number two cool thing of the week i'm gonna cheat here and and share two with you is that bye week is over uh we don't run out of Topics to talk about. Fortunately, there's a lot for us to to digest. However, I do hate when I um, when it's not as clear, right? And I'm excited that we're finally back to talking about matchups and all of that and the rival, etc. Die hard a Christmas movie. Says Toxic Tom. All right, I will I will answer that a question and then get out of here, because I know this is always a controversial debate. There's no way that Die Hard is a Christmas movie, ladies and gentlemen. Hit the like button, share the stream. I will get out of here as soon as possible. I will just, you know, bail after dropping that. There's no way that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Smash the thumbs up button, and I will see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. Muchas gracias. Adiós. Nos vemos. Adiós.